0: Golden crypto, still perky. Bonds, yields are coming back down. Bruce Willis, we'll talk about Bruce. Permitting in America, it's getting a little trickier out there. We'll talk about a decision out of California on an exploration play that I personally wasn't expecting, and there may be an opportunity there. We'll talk city covering abortions. That's interesting. A lot to get into. As always, I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hyde. And Nick, I believe this is Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World Number 163. Is that correct?
1: They are flying by, and uh, we double-dipped this week because of travel, so uh, I feel like we just did one. But nonetheless, plenty to talk about as we get to the um, end of the quarter, as we uh, see some of those inflection points starting to inflect that we were talking about last week. Um, And as we just generally, I think, gear up for the next phase of the year, right, with uh, 25% of it behind us. So um, heading into Easter here um, and looking forward to that. So let's get into it.
0: Let's get right into it. Let's start with bond yields. We got the 10-year back down closer to 230 than 250, where we were about a week ago. Uh, We both keep track of yields, not just here, but overseas as well, right? As often, you know, those are leading indicators for what's to come, at least economically, for different parts of the world. I'd love your thoughts on yields there, Nick. Um, I mean,
1: I'll give you my thoughts, but we should have a conversation. So last week, we were talking about how the yield curve had inverted, not just the 2s um, and 10s, but the 5s and 30s. And I want to break mm. down what that means for a second because I feel like sometimes it gets glossed over and that's not helpful for pe- for people who are um, trying to figure it out or who don't know what that means. So um, very quickly and simply, you know, bonds is a, is a debt and you get the interest rate, right? How much is the government going to give you an interest to, to take that money? Um, you just said the 10-year was at 2.3%. That means for 10-year money, you're getting 2.3%. Hmm. And typically, um, longer money should have higher interest, right? So if I'm giving you $100, bucks, i am going to want a higher return if you're holding it for a year than for 10 days or something like that. So um, when you hear about the yield curve being inverted, that means shorter money has a higher interest rate than longer money. And what's important is that every time that's happened, since 1970, specifically with the twos and the tens, the two-year interest rate being higher than the 10-year interest rate, a recession has followed. And so um, we got that inversion here recently and and, and in a much bigger way, because like I just said, it wasn't just the two-year rate being higher than the 10, you also had the five-year rate being higher than the 30. And so we've been saying that the rising rates were um, unsustainable and, and might not be able to continue to rise despite what the, the Federal Reserve might want, right? So um, that's that portion of it. The yield curve inverted. Recession is coming. Um, if you escape it, great. It's never happened. Never was a long time. So um, recession is on the way. And then what we started to say is, um, including you, is there's not a a way for rates to rise—the way the market was pricing them in. Remember, we talked about there being seven or eight or nine rate hikes priced in. And here, after the very first quarter-point rate hike, you already have interest rates starting to go back down, which we said we were wrong on for a while. But as you said at the beginning of this podcast, is now starting um, to happen uh, across the entire curve, across all durations. Right? You have the um, rates starting to pull down a little bit, and of course, uh, bond prices rise with that which is why I've been telling people in the monthly letter to be long bonds because the recession's coming and we didn't think the rates could go up that high. Um, what else do you want to talk about with rates? You mentioned other countries like other countries know they can't raise rates. Like it's an American hubristic thing, right? Like, oh, American. They're good. honest
0: about it. Right. They're honest like, about it. We know. We know. But they are honest about it to their people, at least.
1: Yeah, so you got the Fed out there jawboning saying they're still going to raise rates when it's almost mathematically impossible. And if they do, the recession is going to be much worse than it uh, already would have been or will be. Um, And I guess that's uh, almost it on interest rates, except um, to say you've got a slowdown coming. We already know that. So it's not good to, to to increase them further. And... Um, you had gold going up while those rates were Zena thing, and you now you've got a, a typical good environment to run rates pull back for gold to go higher. And I know you wanted to talk about the quarterly close, so it's probably a good segue.
0: No, look, I, I, I think everything you said is spot on, Nick. I don't think it's a coincidence that with gold holding up near the 1935, 1940, 1950 level in a rising rate environment, Um, We're now seeing the highest quarterly close ever for gold at 1937 here. We're recording this on a Thursday, um, March the 31st end of month, obviously. And so I think exactly what you ended with is exactly how, the month of April is likely to start for gold and the gold price. And I think even the related equities are finally going to get a little bit more love. We've been seeing the producers get some love and the majors. It hasn't trickled down to most of the exploration companies, even the really successful ones yet, not in the fashion that I expect it to. So no, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're entering a very, very favorable environment for the gold price to shoot higher. And I would not be surprised if, New all-time highs are around the cor- corner here in Q2. Well, we said it last
1: week. Um, they, the powers that be, um, you know, quote unquote, right, needed the last couple of weeks of the quarter to be better than the the, the first two months, right? And so um, you saw stocks put in their best two weeks in two years. The headlines, S&P delivers best performance right. since 2020. And it's like, okay, but the yield curve just inverted and I'll take ever since 2020. Like I'll take that bad. Um, and so, um, you know, you have literally the S and P was down 12 to 14% through the middle of March year to date. And now it's only, um, down like 5%. It regained like nine or 10%. And that's just what I would call, you know, a frame in the pitch. Right. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the catcher just trying to make it be a strike when it's clearly a ball. Um, and it's a ball, it's a recession. It's it's slow earnings growth. Like the pitch isn't good. And no matter how you try to frame it by painting the tape or whatever you want to call that, it's not. And I think that ends here literally at the end of the month. So I told you last week I was buying more um, GDXJ. I went leverage short NASDAQ this week. And so let's see how they Ooh, open up the first week of the of, You're of the, trying to make your April interesting, huh, aren't <laughs> you? Madness, March madness as it were, right? Um and so, yeah, I think that a lot of that comes to an end as, as the, the quarter close passes us by. And the other thing we haven't said yet is volatility, right? Um, because as the stocks delivered their best two weeks since 2020, the volatility fell off a cliff. And I don't think we're done um, with that yet either, not just in stocks, but in um, energy as well. And I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get to, to oil and all the oil experts
0: no let's get to the oil experts um a little bit of context mr hodge you want to tell everyone when you positioned your readers to make money off the year plus surge in oil prices
1: i mean it's been a long time ago now it was november december 2020 so um when oil was just at like 45 dollars so and we were in that position for a, a year right so um And in that year, oil went to $85, $90, at which point we exited. We sold energy. It was fall of 2021. And then um, what happened in in December, and January, and certainly in February 2022, is oil broke $100 and went up a little bit. Um, Supply and demand, maybe. War in Ukraine, definitely. Um And so it's not growing on economic hopes. We just said a recession is coming for the the yield curve inversion there. But what happened was once oil hit 100 bucks, then it's a bull market, right, in oil, according to the, the talking heads and, and many other oil and energy experts that I've seen, right? All of whom didn't say shit from 45 to 90, while it doubled and we made 100% or more on our money. But as soon as it hits 100, everybody's all in. You gotta buy the oil dips. A hundred dollars is the new floor. It's going back to one hundred and forty. And what happens? That's um, the bandwagon. Right. When everybody gets excited like that is not the time. Right. And so uh, I literally saw oil experts, people that have newsletters with energy in the title, for example, buy every dip in oil now. But they didn't tell me to buy it when it was $40, $50, $60, $70, $80. 90 dollars not until a hundred dollars a year and a half later did the energy experts say to start buying oil and then what happened where's oil
0: now (laughs) a
1: hundred dollars
0: and they flaunted their credentials as well all the little letters with the pretty degrees and the doctors and the phds and the mbas and the no 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 knock on mbas or letters or any of that but let's put some of that good old common sense to work folks let's get that right lisa markowski um, senator from Alaska, Republican senator from Alaska, who I, I, I typically agree with on a lot of positions. She, she She's one of these uh, centrist uh, politicians that actually likes to get things done for her constituents. And so she had a tweet that said in 2020, we tried to refill the strategic petroleum reserve when oil was at less than $40 a barrel, only to see it blocked on partisan grounds. She goes on to say, we had a chance to buy low, didn't do it, and now are left with a big panic sale that will do us no favors in the long run. And of course, she is referring to the fact that we're we're now gonna add, you know, release millions of barrels of oil into the market in hopes of trying to keep the price down when we should have been buying low back in 2020. And if anything gives you a hint as to how ass backwards America is as it relates to energy and and, and resource policy and all the other policies too, by the way. That's, I thought, you know, a healthy example of where we're at with things, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that that the Biden administration is releasing all this oil until guess when? The midterms.
1: (laughs) I suspect you might see some cannabis
0: legislation around that as well. What a coincidence. Cannabis, oil forever, wink, wink. Try to get the prices down. Wink, wink. It's going to be a hot mess for everybody out there. Um, As usual, I'm here for the chaos. It's a damn shame, however, that our politicians, most of them anyhow, are no longer interested in in, in getting anything done on either side. They're just interested in fundraising, getting reelected, keeping the health care that you as Americans don't have access for, to keeping the security around them that you as Americans don't have access to, unless you pay for it. But again, if it's good for the goose, it should be good for the gander, right?
1: Well, that's why I have essentially written them off for the better part of a decade now and, and focused on the, the what's happening and not necessarily the who's saying what and, and who's doing what, but actually um, reading the, the market tea leaves and positioning for and uh, responding to them and not hanging anything on what a politician says, right? Uh, on both sides of the aisle. And we've done another very good segue. So we're, we're doing really good in this podcast because we also wanted to talk about permitting. And so um, mm, you mentioned you the, read my mind. You mentioned the strategic <laughs> reserve, right? Yeah, because it all makes total sense unless you're a fucking buffoon politician. Um, <laughs> you mentioned filling the strategic reserve or releasing barrels from the strategic reserve. Uh, another way to reduce- oil prices or to bring more supply online is to is to open up production, um, oh. which we have a, a problem with here in the United mm. States, whether it's pipelines or, or fracking or drilling in Alaska um, or, or whatever it is, it's a lot of NIMBYism, a lot of not in my backyard, a lot of you can't do that here, a lot of this is going to ruin the water well or whatever it is. And so that's coming home now in, in the form of many things, uh, expensive gas and oil. Sure. Um but also uh, copper and fertilizer and um, critical metals uh, inputs that you need for all these other goals that the the politicians want to set, right? And so we've been talking about this for years, the green metal boom and how you know we're not investing enough and there's not enough supply to make all these batteries. and so but then I continue to see all these uh, headlines or announcements from the government like, what was it last <clears throat> month? We had a, a White House briefing. It was like a critical metals thing. It was like a whole nice, we had the fucking stationery and everything. There was a White House on the It was pretty, a it was important. stamp. Right. We're going to do this. We're going to bring on more American supply. And then this week, there was another headline, like Biden to embrace Cold War powers to bring, to, to, to bring more critical metals online. And, uh, you know, it, it, I got to go back to the solar roads because it's just, those are just headlines. Unless there's actual action, like unless the rubber is meeting the solar road, then it's nothing. It's poof. It's fucking this. It's, you know, it's, it's little uh, service. I mean, it's lip service. It's not um, actually bringing new production online or, or or changing rules to do so. It's just talking about it. So I know you want to talk about permitting projects and and, and you should do that, but um, it's a great know,
0: segue again. Yeah, we will. In that's a segue, why I are going
1: to talk about. It. I mean, I'm getting more yep. gray hairs in my chin, and then more grays in the in the corner of my hair. And you know, we've been involved in mines like Midas Gold or Perpetua, for example. <clears> that would be like uh, one of the U.S.'s only sources, if not the only source, of, of antimony, which is a, a critical element and needed for renewable energy technologies. My daughter's going to be in first grade next year, Gerardo. They started that permitting process before she was born.
0: Quite a bit. Before she was born. And 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 look, um, again, perfect segue. Lisa Murkowski, Alaskan Senator, oil. Here's a dumbass tweet by Mr. Biden. Um, and again, I'm not picking on him because he's a Democrat. I don't pick on Republicans because they're Republicans. I simply don't care. But the tweet is constantly put out there by his media people. And it's to remind everybody that there's 9,000 unused oil and gas drilling permits out there. And that that is going to be that the solution to getting oil prices back down when it's not russia's fault is to tax or uh, impose fees on those unused permits um because we don't already have a hard enough time developing our mineral wealth in America, right? Let's go ahead and tax permits that have already been paid for. They've already paid for the work to secure the permits. They've already paid for the land. They're waiting for the right economic cycle to get back in there. They're waiting for the right labor teams to be available. We also have a labor shortage also caused by Powell. And and, and as you call them, the, the, (laughs) the squad of buffoons that we have in office right now on all sides of it. And I'm supposed to believe that Oil at over $100 a barrel. It, it, this is the time to do that into the midterm, and, and this is the time to go and tax these permits. There was a, a Trilogy Metals update back in late February where the, the Ambler project, the, it's, a, it's a project in Alaska, the state, and the company were working together to go ahead and uh, co-fund and develop this road that would provide important access for this huge project. It had already been approved. And so the federal government decided, the Department of the Interior, after the state had already approved the permits, had already greenlit the road, they decided, the DOI, to file a motion to remand the final EIS and suspend the right of way uh, of permits that were already issued to the Alaska Industrial Development and Export Authority to the Ambler Access Project. And so if, if moving forward, this is the kind of security that resource companies in the U.S. can expect. It's going to be not two, three, four years of a commodity bull market. We're looking at decades of this because it's going to be so hard to get everything up and going, let alone permitted. Now, for those that go, well, that's a very huge project, and you know it's in Alaska, and you know they should review the review, which was reviewed by the reviewers, <laughs> that I I, I I submit Exhibit B, K2 Gold, which just announced the indefinite suspension of activities at the Mojave Project, a phenomenal copper-gold project, by the way. One of the best early-stage projects ever, according to Discovery Group Chairman John Robbins, who's seen a few, right? They announced the indefinite suspension of activities of the projects because the BLM decided that to now receive an exploration permit in this part of California, K2 would have to submit an EIS, which is typically reserved for mine development and construction. So I got curious. I said, "Well, man, maybe the team at K2 is a bunch of assholes. Maybe they've been lying to me for the last couple of years, telling me that, yes, we knew there would be permitting challenges as the project was developed when it came time to mine it. And they talked about how responsible they wanted to be and how they wanted to make sure they consulted the locals and the stakeholders to make sure that they were informed and then that they addressed it when the time came. No one ever anticipated that for an exploration permit to drill some holes with very minor disturbance, an EIS would have to miss, be submitted. An EIS that would take another year to prepare. Mind you, K2 has been waiting for years to get the exploration permit. They had already submitted everything. The plan of operations was considered complete by the BLM. And so, so when I get to dig in and see if K2 Gold is, is, is lying and they're a bunch of assholes, I find out that the, the, the source of the problem is a flower. Hmm. If a flower is going to hold up, must be not, a delicate one. Hmm, hmm. Yeah. If a flower is going to hold up, the exploration of a project, building a mine is going to be tough. And I tell you what, Nick, I'm, I'm usually, you know, pretty optimistic uh, when it comes to to things, but I, I'm getting a little bit more concerned about the U.S. as a mining jurisdiction. A lot more so than I have been in the past. And you talk about Perpetua, I'll call it Perpetua, formerly Midas Gold. I, I don't like the new name. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's done nothing but go down since the change of name. But anyhow, and, that's and, another story that's for true. another day. Yeah, 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 that too. Uh, still one of the best undeveloped deposits in all of the Americas, but it's another story for another day. But when I look at a project like that, that like the project in Alaska that Trilogy has, has bipartisan support. Locals are for it, the natives are for it, the corporations are for it. Um, When I look at a project like that, now I'm talking back about Stibnite in Idaho and it's got bipartisan support and people want the jobs and the economic stimulus. And oh, by the way, the place is already trashed from irresponsible mining during the Second World War where Antimony was mined and and, and they left it an absolute disaster. And oh, by the way, Perpetua would be coming in and cleaning all that up, most of it upfront, upfront costs to remediate the site. I'm starting to worry about the direction that that decision goes. And so, look, um, I do think ultimately Stibnite gets permitted. I think there's enough investment up front. I think so much of it has been extremely well done by the management team over there and vetted and, and well. And there's been several delays, but I, I actually think that one gets a permit. But I worry more now than I did before. And again, I don't think it's a coincidence that I'll share a couple of freebies. You know, companies like Lithium Americas, which... I wrote up at $19. I recommend it to subscribers. Before we could get the alert out, it had gone up to $25. It never hit the $19 price target because it never came back down. So I rewrote it up at $25, got the alert out in time. People were able to get in at $25. I don't think it's a coincidence that touched $40 today. And then and, and the reason being, it's Nevada, it's Argentina, it's lithium. It's going to take a while to get new lithium on 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 board and look, the supply demand fundamentals are robust to say the least. So, you know, MP materials, if you want to talk rare earths, right? Uh, also a mine in California, one that apparently doesn't have a flower hanging out. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence that it, last I looked was what, 54, 55, Nick? didn't look today, but that
1: was up almost hundred percent. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. So again, I highly, 57, 57, 34. And you recommended it at? Oh, gosh, half that if we're up almost 100%. So I'm highlighting this, folks, not to brag about the picks, because everybody has losing picks too, right? It's the way that it goes. Um, K2 so far is one of them for me. Um, But I highlight that to say that if you can identify projects and companies that are able to navigate this tricky permitting uh, situation that's developing in all parts of the world, not just the U.S., you're going to be paid an absolute premium on your shares by the market. And it's why I get so excited about companies like a Patriot Battery Metals, which is, again, back flirting with new all-time highs, right? It's like a nickel off new all-time highs or a dime away from a new all-time highs. And I expect those new all-time highs to come quickly as in the next week or two. So a lot of opportunity out there, but you definitely have to sharp, sharp, sharpen those skills Sharpen that skill set, sharpen those knives because it's not getting any easier to identify projects that won't be significant, significantly um, protested even by something as small as a delicate flower.
1: Um, a couple of things to add. Let me see if I can recall them all. So one, it's a, it's a mindset thing. Partially, right? Like mm-hmm. America loves to outsource, right? And and we're seeing some of the repercussions of that now when it comes to um, supply chains and, and goods that we can't get our hands on because we've outsourced the the supply or the production um, of those things. Uh, and so you're in a, a dangerous spot for doing that with the the future of of battery metals, right? If you're not going to allow development of those um, in your own country, you know. It, it, by default it almost you know means that you're okay with child labor right and and mining those 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 things that you need for your car in in, in Africa and South America so I mean that's inherent to that. If you don't want to develop the resources here, the industry is going to get them from um, other places. And you know, and then you talk about investment and in, in jobs, right? Like uh, K two is not going to be bringing in investment and in jobs to to that part of California. And I'm going to be content to hold my shares in Ivanhoe, which are up almost 400 percent since I bought them, right? With their um, African asset, and so. Uh, as a as a capitalist, you know I don't care if my capital appreciates yeah. in Africa uh, or, 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 or in or California, Mexico or Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't care where it is um, as long as it's in my account. Um, I, don't, I necessarily don't care where the um, asset is, and so I think it's uh, and it's not just a mining thing. I mean, it's across. I mean, it's oil, it's pipelines, it's you know factories, it's warehouses, it's low income housing. Nobody wants. Um, anything beside them. And and we're going to have to um, come to terms with that if we are truly serious about being um, self-sufficient in in our supply of those things as we're increasingly crowing about from the highest levels of Mm. government. Um, Mm. It's like you can't have it both ways. And then I guess just to tie it um, close to home for a second is I spend probably too much time reading this a next door site because I love seeing what people are bitching about in their, in their neighborhoods. Right. I,
0: I tried Nick. My wife does it. She shares some of the things that she knows I have a low tolerance for fucking stupidity. <laughs> so. I mean, dude, you know, it's
1: like the message, the comments on YouTube videos. I mean, they just go on and on and on. Mm. But um, anyway, for this particular conversation, I saw one the other day about how this, we have a gravel pit like two miles from our house uh, and the gravel pit has put in uh, permits to expand the gravel pit to make an asphalt production plant, um, which is fine by me. I mean, we're upwind. It's over two miles away. It's hidden yep. behind some trees. They got a long access road. But people are like up in arms that they would even file a permit to, to have a, a, an asphalt plant. And it's not like there's a neighborhood around it or anything like that. I guess people are worried about the smell or, or maybe they just don't even know what they're worried about. They're, they're anti-progress, almost, it sounds like. Um, and, and so anyway this 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 thread about you know Podunk Cheney Washington and its asphalt plant gets you know four dozen responses <laughs> or something like that and so i can only imagine about the development of of mines and 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 exploration like you were mentioning in California and then it's uh, it pulls at the heartstrings and it generates the clicks so the media runs with stuff like that like today it might, might have been yesterday Um, following on with the the K2 announcement, CNBC had like a 10 minute long video about uh, Rise Resources and their their Grass Valley project. I don't know if you had a chance to see that or you saw that on CNBC. I mean, dude, they sent a reporter and a camera crew. They were talking to the locals. They did a whole segment on it, right? Um, And they don't talk about like the mine or the economics until like the latter half of the segment. The first half, it's talking to the the guy who thinks that, you know, the town's going to be covered in in dust and it's going to be an industrial wasteland, right? Um, and not, not until the back half of the thing. If you watch it all, which lots of people don't, do you learn that the studies have been done, uh, only six wells will be impacted and the company, the mining company Rise is going to provide water for the six houses that are going to be uh, affected. And it's an underground mine, 3,500 feet deep. Uh anyway, um, CNBC was content to let all the locals crow about how they didn't want the thing there. And it was going to be an industrial wasteland, and contaminate all the wells, and there was going to be noise and pollution. Um, and I just think to myself, again, I'll go back to the Congo. Like, one, modern mining is, is not that. And two, if you want the things that make modern life possible, like the camera that's recording you bitching about a mine, <laughs> then you
0: need mines. And us bitching about you, (laughs) but don't worry. The government's on it. Nancy Pelosi says Mm -hmm. gasoline rebates to consumers is among ideas being discussed as an alternative to suspending the federal gasoline tax. So you're either going to get taxed with the federal gasoline tax or you're going to be taxed by paying the rebate bitches. But either way, you're fucked. And people are like, "Oh my god, Nancy, you're brilliant! Take my money! What the some fuck of is ta- wrong with y'all? Give me some of my
1: tax money back to pay for this uh higher gas prices." That's hilarious. It's my money. I
0: gotta, I gotta say, it's Thursday, March the thirty-first. Happy Transgender Day of Visibility. uh Kudos to Ariana Grande. She doesn't have to do this because she's a big enough artist to. I'd have to do anything if she doesn't want to do it. And she wanted to be gimmicky. She could be gimmicky with a million other things, right? But she said that she would be matching funds raised up to one and a half million dollars partnering with a fundraising platform called Pledge. If any of y'all want to donate to raise money for transgender youth to commemorate transgender day of visibility, the fundraiser campaign is to celebrate the accomplishments of transgender people and acknowledge the hardships they continue to face. Very worthy cause. Now you know where to go if you want to donate and good for Miss Ariana Grande for taking some of that celebrity capital and saying, you know what, I, I'm going to go ahead and use it this way. Cause frankly, at that level, you don't have to do a damn thing.
1: That's it. And uh, we talked about the the trans stuff a little bit last week, uh, with Leah Thomas and the, and the swimmer. And so, um, offer for visibility and, uh, supporting those who, uh, make the transition, but while still making sure, uh, it's fair. There's and equality and
0: accountability. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, and even like, with
0: mining. Yeah. Go, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just
1: saying it sounds like a wonderful cause.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned the asphalt, uh, plant and, and, you know, mining and back again, tying it into accountability and segueing, right. Um guys, there's a responsible way to do everything. There's a fair way to do everything. We don't want to discriminate against uh, Mexicans any more than Italians, any more than against transgender people or miners or explorers or asphalt companies. There's a responsible way to agree to disagree on things and still carry on civilly, responsibly, and in a way that has an ethics and a moral compass that is worthy of recognition, whether you agree with it or not. And so... Maybe one day we see a world where that happens. I try to surround myself with people that I disagree with often. I have a couple of close friends that I I joke with them. I disagree with 75% of the things that come out of your mouth. Love you to death, though. Sure. Slap the shit out of somebody at the Oscars for you. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Backstage, though. Not in front Uh, of
1: people. The Babylon (laughs) Beast said um, that Chris Rock was going to sleep with Jada to make it up to Will or something like that. (laughs)
0: Which is her choice, by right the way, because we're talking about oh. being accountable, and that would be Will's choice too if he's okay with that. My, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. Because I mean, you remember Will was crying about
1: <laughs> Jada cheating like a couple years ago. Here,
0: she had an entanglement, Nick. Yeah, she I, had an entanglement.
1: So my buddy texted me that. I told him it was a bald face lie. <laughs>
0: Oh, shit. Is that Chris? Is that Will? They're coming for you, Nick. They're coming for you. You know what's up? I'm going to segue
1: for you. I'll segue to Citibank for you. Um...
0: But I'm not done with Will and Chris yet. (laughs) I got one more. I got one more. Because last week, we talked about how people were making way too much about it. One, it was a slap. Two, anybody else would have been arrested. Three, Will could have handled that a whole lot better. It's the Academy Awards. You could have done it in private. We got into all of that and we talked about what the fallout would be and how they would be okay. Because at the end of the day, it's two very, very wealthy, three actually, if you include Jada, very, very accomplished and wealthy human beings that are going to go on to do just fine, right? Well, they'll get some therapy, Jada might join them and, you know, Chris is going to be Chris. So the fallout from it has been Chris Rock's uh, tour ticket sales have skyrocketed. Jada's going to have Will come on her Red Table show on Facebook. That's going to be the most watched, meaning most paid for by advertisers, meaning most revenue generated for a Facebook show ever, probably ever, 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 which as you said, ever is a long time. Everybody will be richer. Will m- might get some therapy. Jada and Will might learn something about each other. And um, all's well, that ends well for an unfortunate situation.
1: No, no such thing as bad press unless you're Prince Andrew.
0: Even then 17 million, you can do all the raping you want. They don't even have to be of age.
1: I was going to segue for you for, um, Citibank. And we were talking about celebrities. Uh, we were talking about yes. Ari- Ariana Grande. Um, I watched the Julia child documentary on the plane the mm. other day. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV. So what I do, I, I tend to talk about it on the podcast, but, yeah. uh, I watched a lot of Julia child when I was little. So, um, my mom used to sit me in front of cooking shows and I would just like watch the cooking shows, like kept me entertained. And I've loved to cook ever since then. I just love watching cooking shows. So anyway, Julia Child was like the first one that, um, well, obviously pioneered cooking shows, but there weren't a lot on when I was, when I was little. So I spent a lot of time watching the Julia Child. So when I saw the documentary, I decided to check it out. And I had no idea, um, uh, about Julia Child's sort of arc to fame and, and what she did once she became famous. I mean, she came from this, a uh, super wealthy, conservative, uh, rich, white, Anglo-Saxon, waspy family, right? Um, mom didn't cook. They had cooks and, and servants for that. Um, she went to college, but, you know, wasn't expected to work. Women weren't working at that time. Um, hmm. And then World War II happened, and uh, she decided to to volunteer, as many people did. So uh, she ended up uh, being in France and got a taste of that French food and, and, and French markets and said, oh, shit, this is like better than American food, right? And and really liked it. And so ended up going to La Cordon Bleu to get her become a chef and then um, wrote a book. And so I'm making this a long story, but uh, I'll segue. This is a good story. I'll, Go I'll segue shortly. She wrote the book, um, The Art of French Cooking. I probably got that wrong, but it was, that was like the, the big cookbook. It took her like 12 years to write and she ended up being on like, a, what would have been a podcast, like a radio show back in the day. Um, when the book first came out and, um, she asked the radio host, uh, or I guess it was a little TV segment, actually, sorry, like PBS, if she could have a burner. So, and he was like, wait, you want like a, to do like a live cooking demonstration. She wanted like a, a burner, like a burner plate to make an omelet or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she made an omelet on this little segment and like the phones lit up, man, uh, at the PBS station at the public broadcasting station, because, um, the women didn't know how to cook. It was like the era of TV dinners and packaged foods and everything was bland. And when she came on, the, you know, housewives started calling in. And so, um, the TV executive being the TV executive was like, oh shit. And he was like, mm-hmm. I don't mean, the phone rings. Let's, let's make a cooking show or whatever. So, and then the rest is literally history. Um, but conservative Julia Child, she was six, three, by the way, like my sister. Um, wow. She ended up marrying this, this artist. Um, and became essentially liberal, right? She did like the 180 and they have all her letters and correspondence and she documented this, writing about how she came from a conservative family and world experiences and living in New York and and Paris had had made her more uh, liberal and, and, Hmm. and, and understanding of the world. So anyway, the reason I was going to segue was because I didn't know that in her late life she became a, like a staunch supporter of Planned Parenthood and was like hosting dinners, like putting her celebrity on the line to host dinners. And that was like the beginning of the um, anti-abortion or anti-Planned Parenthood rallies when they would come and, you know, picket outside mm-hmm. of events. They were doing that to like Julia Child's like dinners she was hosting for for Planned Parenthood. That was like the beginning of it. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting. And then she went on to be a huge supporter of... Um, uh, basically, gay rights and, and 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 AIDS support because she had a lawyer that that was gay and died from AIDS in the in the early 80s, and then that became like one of her causes. And so anyway, I had no idea, and I know that you had a similar topic on the list, so I figured I would blather for a few minutes about Julia Child and segue well, you
0: there. Yeah, no, look, um, t- we talked about Texas, and 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 now I believe it's Arkansas as well, right? I, Idaho um, just passed one this week. The well, governor in Idaho signed one. And- yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 a trend, and so you, you know when I when I read the article about city paying for women to be able to travel to get an abortion, and this is Citigroup, they'll travel, they'll pay travel costs for employee abortions. It was in response to the Texas law. This is the first major U.S. bank to announce a policy change in response to this legislation. And we've talked before about how in this current political environment, right? Why will we get our fourth turning to come and go and get it back to where democracy is democracy? If it gets there and we burn down the institutions that no longer serve the people, until we get to that point, because of the power that corporations yield now and the influence that they yield through the money that they give the lobbyists that then write the laws, for the politicians who barely even read the laws most of the time. Um, we've talked about how important it was gonna be for these corporations to step up and, 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 and not just do the right things that I think are right or the things that Nick thinks are right or the things that you know people that disagree with us think are right but to do the things that the corporate culture wants to practice and preach for them. And it could be different for every company, right? There may be a Hobby Lobby that comes up and says, well, okay, we'll pay for protesters to go protest that, right? And I think that's fine, too, if, if, if it's, you know, um, not violent and, and not threatening. Um, everybody should have a right to an opinion. We've talked about that in the past. But I look, I I, I applaud Citigroup. I agree with the decision. You know, I've talked before about how, you know, I, it's funny to me how everybody's, uh, uh has a stance when it comes to abortion. But I don't think anybody wants more. I don't think people that are pro-choice want, want more abortions.
1: Accessible and safe
0: that's it right and and to provide more education so that you know people in general are more aware and maybe reduce the amount of unwanted pregnancies when when there's a choice right when there's an option when it's not rape when it's not sexual assault um education doesn't fix everything but man taking safe choices away from human beings sure in the hell does not and then when most of these laws are being passed by men that don't know what it's like to be a woman or be pregnant or carry a child um it's, it's, it's concerning, but it's a trend, again, that's increasing in the US. I'm curious to see if a counter trend of corporate activism grows from where it's been recently.
1: I don't think City was the only one. I, I saw another, I don't know if it was a bank or a Fortune 500. I'm, the name's escaping me, but another company has stepped up and said the same thing. We'll provide um, compensation or pay for it to, to get access. We have to go outside your state. Um,
0: or, Bumble created a relief
1: fund. There you go. Um, there might've even been another one, but anyway, um, yeah, I think I lost my point there, but it, oh, I was going to say, you know, it, it's a rare time you're going to praise the bank, I guess, right? It was like good on them mm-hmm. for uh, the corporate culture, getting it done. Many other uh, things you could take them to task for, but no, they got that one. They got that one right. And it, seeing it elsewhere as well. I mean, um and I, I, you made the point, so I don't need to make it again, but whether it's russia or or other things you're seeing corporations um sort of lead when when politicians are lagging,
0: I always hate to end on a sad note um, but hopefully you know there there's the there's some sort of silver lining, but growing up, Bruce Willis, because of the die hard movies, was one of my sure. favorite actors, right and so Ipikae motherfucker. I was like seven, eight years old running around saying that in school, getting my little ass in trouble, right? <laughs> like I quit saying Ipikaye motherfucker, right? My, my my Mexican immigrant parents would be like, que la chingada, calles, amigo. meaning, what the fuck is an Ipikae? Shut the fuck up, right? So telling me not to curse while cursing me out about cursing. Typical girl, immigrant uh, Mexican household, um, but Bruce Willis is one of my favorite actors. Growing up, man, those movies are like uh, Christmas classics to me. And yes, Die Hard One is a Christmas movie for those of you disputing. Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I hear that he's like, you know, stepping away from acting and he's and he's he's you know struggling to remember lines and and you know just ha- having his mental health deteriorate um, because he's diagnosed with a neurodegenerative disease. Yeah, it was a little bit of a sad one for me. I know people go through sad stuff all the time, and there, there's more serious stuff, but I thought, you know, I, I, I think if there's a silver lining, it's just a reminder to all of us that, man, look, Bruce Willis looks great for 67, right? He's aged well, Um, obviously has had a successful career, um, co-parented publicly as a celebrity. Like, few people out there, right, would be out to dinner with... Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher, when they were together, and his new girlfriend, and then the other new girlfriend, and she'd get a new boyfriend and be like, Yeah, let's go hang out at the award show post parties. I mean, I thought at least publicly, the guy was all class, did multiple things very correctly, at least in the public eye. You never really hear too much dirt on Bruce Willis, right? Um, From his kids, from his wives, from his ex wives, from his girlfriends. And there's been a bunch of all of those. So. Hopefully, it's a reminder to everybody that man, it can change on a dime, right? Uh, the 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 story was that he was on the set of a of a movie uh, recently, and he looked at two people, and he said, "I know why you're here, and I know where you're here, but what am I doing here?" And he just, you know, just lap, momentary lapses, right? And it just kept getting worse and worse. So, look, all the best to Bruce and and, and all of his family and his extended family. For everybody out there that's got the chance to go do something nice for yourself, do an extra nice thing for your spouse with and for your kids um, just do it because it changes in a heartbeat everyone and if you can be just a tad bit kinder to everyone else including yourself everyone would be better off for it including yourself so yeah that's uh that 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 one actually uh brought a sad face to, to 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 me here for a little bit wish them the best
1: I agree. Uh, I had similar sentiments when I saw the story uh, about Mr. Willis, agree, about the, the Die Hard movies. They were all fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't got to recount his movies, but um, I'll tie it back to generational turnings is what I think mm. about, right? Because you see those 80-some, 90-year-old actors are, are leaving us for good, uh, and then the generation before that, which would be Bruce Willis, is entering that next phase of life, right? He's a... He's a um, a late boomer, I would say, if he's 67 um, years old. And so you got those boomers progressing to the to the um, next stage of life, right? That's what it reminded uh, me of. And so, yes, a reminder for sure that things change and uh, people age, and we're doing so uh, in a massive way right now. Mm. Um, he's not sick, but I'll tell you what uh, caught me off guard when I saw it this week is that Ferris Bueller turned 60 years old, Matthew Broderick. Um, and so I was like, wait, what? And so Ferris Bueller, 60 years old is the whole generation has aged, right?
0: Obviously. You know, the wisdom here is (laughs) Nick. That's all I got. Anything to get off your chest, Nick? What are you watching in the markets next week? I know you're off on vacation for a few days, just a day, I think.
1: Yeah, taking the kids to to Disney. We'll be back next week. Um, Good for y'all. I think we said it—the end of the quarter. So I'm interested to see yeah. how this um, how this new co- how this new quarter starts out. Um, how gold and interest rates act Those are some of the most important things I, I think that I'm watching right now.
0: Agreed. Watch gold. Watch yields. Watch the capital rotation away from some of these sectors that you should have already been rotating away. Now that the quarter's over, because companies That's that it. we're dolling up and painting up their portfolio, that's done. That ended today. We get a new quarter starting tomorrow. And I think real price discovery to the extent that the current version of capitalism allows for it. Um, we're going to start seeing it here early, early next week. So, which is this week when you 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 all get this. So, should be an interesting uh, April, May, June. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be another volatile one. But I think if you're positioned well, I think it's going to be a really profitable one. Agree. That's all I got. Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 163 of Bizarro World. Send him off, Mr. Hodge. It'd be motherfuckers.